I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode six. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, in my first podcast, I mentioned to our listeners that I was going to be interviewing experts that um, are in their field that would really help edify and equip our families that are listening. And today, I have the great honor of interviewing Dr. Lyle Dorsett. He has a very uh, illustrious and rich history and past. He taught at the University of Colorado and the University of Denver, and then he became the curator of the Wade Center at Wheaton College, which for some of our families who don't know what that is, it's a collection of, I believe it's eight Wade authors, starting with C.S. Lewis, and then people like Tolkien, George MacDonald, Dorothy Sears, uh, Charles Williams, who am I leaving out? Anyway, a group, who else? Owen Barfield. Owen Barfield. So there are eight authors and all of their writings, things like Dorothy Sears' Spectacles, um, the, the quilt that um, Joy Davidman crocheted when she was alive and suffering from cancer. So it's an amazing place with um, um, wonderful resources and research options. And that is part of Wheaton College. And Dr. Dorsett, um, through a series of events, was able to collect all of C.S. Lewis's library and bring it to the college and his papers. And it's just the most wonderful, rich place. And then he uh, was also, part of his job was to be a professor of history there at Wheaton College. And eventually he became the director of the Department of Evangelism and Spiritual Formation. And he was at Wheaton for 30 years where he mentored my son and myself and many, many, many other people. When he left Wheaton, he left to go um, serve at Beeson Divinity School uh, in um, Alabama. And uh, he was the professor of, the Billy Graham professor of evangelism there for five years. And he's recently retired to all of our great sorrow, but he'll never retire because he has so much to share. So I asked him to be with us uh, today because in addition to all the amazing things I've just told you, Dr. Dorsett has written or edited 23 books. He's kind of a busy guy. And I wanted to talk to him today about the power of biography. So welcome, Dr. Dorsett. Thank you, Carol. Good to be with you. Thank you, my <clears throat> Yeah, I have been a reader from the time I was a child. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother loved books. She read to me before I was old enough to read. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I could read, she and my father always bought me books. Wow. Uh, my mother was a great reader. I read a lot. And I just uh, lived in a world of books, among other things, as I grew up. Yes. Um, I, uh, when I went off to college and majored in history and then uh, did a bachelor's and a master's and a PhD in history, Yes. Uh, I was involved with writing in the, in the history discipline. You do a lot of writing as a student. Yes. But I wrote, uh, I wrote an MA thesis which was uh, a biography of a man named Tom, uh, named, uh, Tom Pendergast. Anyway, I wrote a master's thesis and a PhD dissertation 
yes. on uh, the on Thomas Pendergast, who was a leading politician in the state of Missouri and was instrumental in getting Harry Truman elected to the Senate, who then, of course, went on and became president. president. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've always, uh, among the various books I've read, I, I've enjoyed fiction, I've enjoyed reading history, but I think the genre that I've loved most is biography because yeah. I like to identify with people, mm -hmm. real people. And so, uh, and then when I became a Christian, and by the way, I'm a midlife convert. Uh, I gave my life to Jesus Christ uh, when, when I was in my 30s. Mm. And anyway, after I became a Christian, uh, my, my interest in uh, history was in cr more Christian history and especially biography. Yes. And I need to tell you a story about what really got me going. Okay. Among my mother's books, and I mentioned she was a great reader, was yeah. a book by Catherine Marshall, who was a very well-known author. Love her. Wrote a lot of books. Yeah. Catherine Marshall was married to a very famous preacher, Peter Marshall, and he, he uh, became uh, the chaplain. Uh, of the Senate. chaplain. Yeah. And he was a well-known man, very well-known preacher. And he had a church in Washington, D.C., which people were out on the streets on Sunday morning. They couldn't even get in. The place was so full. But she wrote a biography of him entitled A Man Called Peter. Yes. And uh, there were several of his sermons at the back of the book. And I want to tell you about one of the sermons, and this is what got me moving in a direction of Christian biography. I was reading the sermon that he wrote, and in the back, it was in the back of the book, and uh, the sermon said, he raised the question, he said, if you want to know Jesus Christ, you yeah. need to do two things. If you want to get to know him personally, you need to study the gospel, study what he said and what he did, what he taught, what he preached. He said, but you also should read the biographies of people who were personally acquainted with him. Mm. Well, when he said that, I thought, well, where do we get biographies <laughs> of Peter, James, and John and the disciples? <laughs> right. But what he meant was, it became apparent, was people who, in our contemporary world, know Jesus well personally. They have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And when he said, do you want to know Jesus, then read the Gospels, but he then also said, read the biographies of men who were personally acquainted with him. Uh, yeah. And these were not people that lived at the time of Jesus, but people who've been personally acquainted with him through his very Holy Spirit in, uh, in post-biblical times. Yeah. And he mentioned he mentioned three men in particular. He said, read the biographies of George Mueller, Brother Brian of Birmingham, and William P. Jacobs of Thornwell Orphanage. In fact, he said, George Mueller of Bristol, England, Brother Brian of Birmingham. That turned out to be Alabama. I thought it might be England. And then William P. Jacobs of Thornwell Orphanage. I had no idea who uh, William P. Jacobs was or where Thornwell Orphanage was. And in fact, I was teaching a history class 
at one point, and I, I happened to ask one night, I said, does anybody here know, has ever heard of Thornwell Orphanage? And there was an elderly couple that were auditing my history class at, at the uh, University of Denver. Yes. And they said, oh, Thornwell Orphanage is in, uh, is in South Carolina. And it was founded by a pastor named William P. Jacobs. And he started an orphanage for children who were uh, orphans because of the Civil War. This was in the South. And there were a lot of widows and had these little orphan children who were wandering the roads. And he started that. Well, anyway, I read William P. Jacobs' autobiography. I read a biography of Brother Brian of Birmingham, Alabama, who was a pastor of the Presbyterian Church there and greatly known and loved. And then a biography of George Mueller, who was from uh, uh, a German who moved to England and took in orphans there, he and his wife. And uh, these books, I found biographies of each of these men and some autobiographical material. And I was deeply stirred by them because I wanted to know how did they get to know Jesus so well that a man like Peter Marshall would say they were personally acquainted with Jesus. <laughs> yes. So I began to study their lives and that got me interested in biography. And I realized, and I've had, ever since I became a Christian, I've had a heart for evangelism to lead lost people to Christ. And I realized one of the most effective ways is to introduce them to interesting people who were Christians ah. and people of the past who were Christians. Yes. So I started then myself writing Christian biography. And uh, I, I might add that I wrote one book that was biographical, but it wasn't uh, Christian. It was just regular secular history. It was a book called Franklin D. Roosevelt and the Big City Bosses. And I wrote a book on President Roosevelt and the political machines of several cities. And uh, that was not a Christian book. It was, I mean, it was written by a Christian, but it was just straight history. But yeah. then I wrote biographies of six Christians. Dwight Moody, E.M. Yeah. E. Bounds, who was a great man of prayer and a, a pastor. A.W. Tozer, whose writings are still widely read. I wrote a biography of Helen Joy Davidman, who became C.S. Lewis's wife. Yes. And I wrote that biography, which became a movie. And Two. then uh, I wrote a, uh, a spiritual biography of C.S. Lewis. Yes. And then I did a biography of Billy Sunday. So Dwight Moody, E.M. Bounds, A.W. Tozer, Helen Joy Davidman. Uh, Mrs. C.S. Lewis, a spiritual biography of C.S. Lewis, and a biography of Billy Sunday. So again, I hope that people would get interested in the subject. Yes. Reading biographies that bring people to life. Yes. History's pretty quiet, but doesn't have flesh and blood in it. Yes. And uh, so, and those books have, uh, some of them are still in print, some of them are out of print, but uh, I I still carry on correspondence and phone conversations with people who read those books yeah. and have come to know Jesus better because they got to know the lives of some people yeah. who were personally acquainted with him through the Holy Spirit in the yeah. post-biblical world. My, I've read most of the books you just mentioned that you wrote and love them all. You are a very engaging biographer. 
Um, so the Joy Davidman book, uh, which became the movie Shadowlands, both the British and American, right? Um, right. I know it took some liberties, but um, love that book. But I think my favorite was Seeking the Secret Place, which was on the spiritual formation of Lewis. Is that the correct title? Right. Really, yeah. a spiritual biography of C.S. Lewis, Seeking the Secret Place is the yes. title of it. I love that book, Lyle, and it gave me such insight into what made Lewis the man that he became and how the Lord shaped him and, and drew him and the influences he had and um, the spiritual director that he met with and so many of his spiritual practices um, and disciplines that I found really, really helpful. And the other book of yours that I just love, I love them all, I, but the Dwight Moody book, um, a Passion for Souls, is that correct? Is that the title? Yes. Yeah, right. Passion for Souls. That book is uh, a barn burner. And my son, JJ, that's his favorite biography. And of course, he loves you so much anyway, but he loves that book. And um, what I loved about the Moody book that you wrote is his humanity. You talked about him as a father and him as a husband. And... Um, just his approachableness, his um, how down to earth he was, how real, how, how genuinely kind and generous he was. And um, I just, I want to crawl into people's skin. I read biographies constantly and um, I just feel like they brush up my soul, you know, <laughs> like a pair, you let, you were a Marine and you are very into polished shoes, aren't you? And, and shine yeah. shoes. <laughs> well, I feel like biographies shine my soul up. And, you know, years ago, when you were our pastor there in Wheaton, I think it was one year during Lent, I told you that the Lord told me I was to remove all other influences, you know, magazines, catalogs, anything like that, any other books. And I was just to read biographies. I think I read like 20 or 40 biographies that year. And I remember after church one day talking to you about, uh, I think it was George Mueller we were talking about. And I felt so convicted because I told you, here is a man, I think in his 80s, that traveled more than any person I've ever heard of in my life. And, and you kind of said, oh, don't take it too personally. But I felt so convicted because he, um, he never succumbed to self-pity or personal comfort. You know, that's the kind of thing when you read a biography that you get challenged, you get inspired. What, of all the books you've written, what's, what's your favorite? Well, that's hard. Um... Probably of all the books I've written, um, that's a hard one for me to say. Okay. Because the time, I suppose the biography of, of Helen Joy Davidman, Mrs. Uh -huh. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. And then that, Tell me for was the right. book on Lewis' spiritual oh, formation, which was, C.S. Lewis's writings were instrumental in my conversion. Yes. And I've read, uh, I read through as much of Lewis as I could get my hands on after I became a believer. And uh, what I wanted to know, and there were biographies written of Lewis, but nobody explained how he grew in his faith. Yes. Most of the biographical writing of Lewis went this way. Here's this man who was a 
becomes a Christian. Here's this secular professor who becomes a Christian, and all of a sudden he's this full-blown Christian. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody's that way. People have to grow up in the faith in the same way that they have to grow up physically. Yes. Babies are born. They're not mature until they gradually grow up. And when we are born again, we're infants in Christ. We've got to grow up into childhood and teen life and maturity. And I wanted to know how Lewis grew spiritually. How did he go from being a brand new believer into such a mature, fruit-bearing Christian? And so my book was based on that and, and uh, Seeking the Secret Place. And I, the reason I took that title or I employed that title was Lewis said one time to somebody, he said, uh, uh, somebody had contacted him and wanted to know, you know, if he had any spiritual disciplines, what did he do with his life? And yeah. how did he read scripture? And he said, I go to the secret place. <laughs> in other words, I go and get alone with the Lord in prayer. Yeah. I read, I pray, I listen to him through scripture. I listen to what the spirit says to me as I'm being alone with him. And he, he, he encouraged one man that wrote to him. He said, daily seek the secret place. In other words, get off alone where it's just you and the Lord. Yes. 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 Amen. And his book letters to Malcolm chiefly on prayer also, I think gives us a real insight into his spiritual formation. Don't you? Definitely. That's a very good book. It's a great book. Letters, it, it's fictional letters. He didn't really write to a man named Malcolm, but he decided he wanted to write a book on prayer, but thought people aren't going to read a book that says, here's how to pray. Right. Uh, they don't want a how-to book, but if you could, he, he decided to use the create letters that a man named Malcolm and was writing to this Christian. Anyway, on and on. And Questions are raised by somebody who wants to know more about the faith named Malcolm. And uh, it's just wonderful. It's kind of like the screw tape letters. It that is. Lewis wrote. It yeah, is. most people aren't going to pick up a book on the devil and how he works. <laughs> it's just not an attractive topic. But if you can see the devil having certain angels that work for him, yes. uh, unholy angels, if you will, evil angels. Right. Well, he had conversations going on with letters between these people. So that was, uh, again, it was a vehicle to draw people in rather than say, here's a book on evil. Here's a book on Satan. Or here's a book on prayer. Some people will pick that up. But if you can read some letters that really humanize it, uh, it comes alive. It's and, alive. and that's what Lewis was good at. Yeah. That was the first Christian book I ever read was Screw Tape Letters as a probably three-year-old Christian. Yeah, someone just handed it to me and I didn't know anything, but I knew the Line the Witch and the Wardrobe series, so I read it and yeah, it's wonderful. Well, if you, as we're closing, if you had um, some advice to families as they're raising their children and as they're reading out loud with their kids, um, how would you encourage them in this area of their children's spiritual formation regarding biography? Well, I think I would begin by talking about the lives of some people in the Bible and just taking out a life from the scriptures, certainly Jesus, 
but Moses and, you know, on and on we can go. And, and what do we learn from this person's life? Because I think people identify, children identify with people. Everybody identifies with people more than they do movements. Yes. Um, you know, it's one thing to study the great movements of history, but it's another thing to talk about the people that were in those movements. Yeah. And uh, so I think that that's what I would do. Uh, I would go through the biblical ones, but there's some good Christian biography out there for children. There are authors out there that write for children. They write for teens. True. And I do think that uh, though that, you could go from little cameo portraits of Christians for children to read. Yes. Somebody could read aloud to them or they can read on their own depending upon how advanced they are and how old they are. But I also think that uh, my mother read to me adult books when I was a child. Yes. And I understood a lot of it. I know. Huckleberry Finn is not a children's book. My mother read it to me when I was a child. Tom Sawyer is more of a young person's book. But even that, uh, my mother read them to me when I was a child and I understood them. If I had questions, I'd stop and ask her and she'd explain it to me. Yes. So I think getting a parent involved with a child in the reading process is a good place to begin. Yes. You know, Lyle, years ago, you gave me a list from one of the classes that you taught at Wheaton. It was a list of biographies. Do you remember that? Um, yes, yes, I do. And I... In fact, you wanted to know, and I, that caused me to write the list down, and I ended up giving out over the years. So thank you for doing that. You bet. <laughs> and it's such a treasure that I used it to build a children's biography list, and I put all those adult books in the children's biography list that I give to families in my seminars. So I Good. built it from the list you created because it was such a Yeah. Yeah, you have so much to offer us. I'd love to do another one of these someday soon, but um, we need to close. But um, thank you for the spiritual formation that you have um, affected in my life and my son's life and in thousands and thousands of college students lives none of us will ever be the same for having known both you and mary and i just want to thank you makes me cry well, you're welcome <laughs> and all glory to god amen <laughs> amen wow Bye -bye. thank you for joining me this week on the homeschool made simple podcast if you liked what you heard in this episode i'd appreciate a rating and review on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would be great Visit my website, caroljoyside.com, to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my inline, online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode, where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings. <laughs>